Welcome to episode 26 of the Truth and Dare podcast, where we are talking about our 30-day cleanse and recapping what worked, what didn't work, and why we did it in the first place. In this conversation, Carly and I rant on our acne trials and tribulations, the 30-day cleanse that was supposed to work, and where we're at with it right now. But before we get started, of course, we want to shout out our review of the week, which comes from Shakti Mama 83. She says, there has not been one single episode of this podcast that hasn't resonated with what is going on in my life. Every time I tune in, I feel like they have designed their podcast around what's going on in my day to day. These women have encouraged me, uplifted my spirits, and figuratively held my hand. So much love for the Tad Tribe. Thank you, Allie and Carly. Please don't ever stop. Shakti Mama, we appreciate you and thank you so much for leaving some love. If you want to be next week's review of the week, head over to the iTunes page, leave us a review, drop some love, and hopefully we'll shout you out over the airwaves. And as always, before we kick off this episode, you can find all of the show notes, tools, resources, and blog posts at truthanddaremovement.com. Now let's get started recapping this 30-day cleanse. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. All right, 30-day cleanse recap. I feel like the only way to really get this show going is to obviously start with our slug in the honey. And just so everybody knows, Allie and I have discussed this slug in the honey situation prior to recording. So we're definitely on the same page today. And the slug is really just fuck it all. I feel like there are so many slugs and it is so hard. We're trying our best to live this holistic, healthy life where we eliminate all of these foods and we try to eliminate all of these toxins and we try to follow all of these guidelines. And first of all, it doesn't really work. And second of all, it's hard as hell to keep up with it. And I've been like 28 days in on this journey of health and wellness. And honestly, I'm just like, I'm pretty fucking over it. Can you tell? I don't know. Where are you at, Allie? I definitely can't tell. It sounds like you're ready for another 28 days starting right now. But (laughs) Somebody send help, please. The slugs are so large right now and they are eating so much honey and they're all (laughs) over my body. Like I actually have a heating pad on my back right now. That's one slug because my constant chronic low back pain that I experience from doing yoga, even though I teach yoga, isn't going anywhere. So that's one slug. The second slug is I have at least 10 pimples on my face. So that's also great. And then... um, Killing it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just killing it in the world of living my truth and dare to change. But real talk... The slugs are the same as they always are. It's the same day-to-day life battles that we get to decide if they're going to stop us in the honey or motivate us to climb out of it. And you guys know which one Carly and I choose, but 
Anyway, for this podcast episode, we are recapping our 30-day cleanse. And for those of you who are new listeners and you didn't hear about it when we first started it, essentially, Carly and I have been dealing with chronic hormonal adult acne for a few years now with all sorts of different remedies that have been tried. And um, at this point, we're kind of at our wits end and we decided let's do a cleanse. We've noticed a lot of other people doing cleanses where you eliminate a few different food groups from your diet and then you reintroduce them. So we'll get into how all of that worked, but Carl, what did you eliminate from your diet? So for this cleanse, I eliminated all dairy products, all gluten, no coffee. I was still consuming small amounts of caffeine. I was drinking a lot of green tea and some black tea, but I was not drinking any coffee and no refined sugar. So that's like sweets and um, white sugars. I was still eating fruit, um, but no refined sugars as well as alcohol. I was also um, trying my best to stay away from the booze, um, which proved to be probably the hardest one, I would say. Yeah, I can't agree with you more on that. So that was the intention and the goal. And what really happened is we did both enjoy some cocktails here and there. Um, I accidentally consumed dairy at one point. And (laughs) as of yesterday, which was 27 days into the cleanse with a plethora of pimples on my face, I decided to say fuck it and eat pizza with uh, the Game of Thrones season finale. So... And I drank two cups of coffee this morning and had cold pizza for breakfast. (laughs) So I am officially off the cleanse for now. But um, did you have any major fuck-ups, Carl? I mean, there was that one day that we got pretty drunk, Allie. And um, Allie came to see me and we were doing wedding stuff and we were with two other of our girlfriends. And um, we just indulged. We went to see my wedding venue. We had champagne. We went to see my rehearsal dinner venue. We had some beers. We came back home, made a big dinner, had some more drinks. And, you know, that, but it was fun. And we were all together. And, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely that was a night where I drank. There was a, a couple of other nights too where I, I drank alcohol. As far as the food situation, I stuck pretty closely to what I wanted to do. However, the other night I went hard on some Thai food takeout and I have no idea if there was gluten in it. I I mean, I don't think so, but it's such a gamble when you're eating out. So, um, yeah, I definitely had my moments. Yeah. And I think the biggest lesson we want to offer here to you guys is that learn from us, um, learn from our journey and our experience. But the biggest lesson we want to take away is that real life is also unfolding around us. Like Carly just said, I went to visit her and we had all of these special moments and we'll get into some other special moments that happened over the last 28 days. And that sometimes being in the present moment might be more important than the pimples on your face. And that's a personal decision for each of us. But I think that relates to so many other areas of life where you're striving so diligently towards one goal 
and it can become alienating and um, lonely when you're so focused on this path that you continue to turn down the present moment. So I think the lesson in this last month was sticking to what we, the goals we set and the intention we wanted to create, even though we didn't find much success, but also realizing when the present moment was more important than the original intention. And that's, that's a tough line to know when to cross, but I think the more in tune we are, the more we know when it's time to cross it. Yeah. And it's about, you know, not beating ourselves up too much when we do cross it. I know that like the morning after we had like a really fun night, we just woke up and got back to it the next morning and we didn't let it define us. And part of living your truth is accepting that there's going to be moments where you're going to lean in different directions because we're people and we're humans and we're influenced by the situations and experiences that we're having in that moment. And um, being present is so much a part of this type of authentic living that I think when we become too obsessed with these cleanses or um, these diets or these changes, it it really pulls us out from that moment and we're trapped in our heads thinking about the f- our future self and what will our future self think or how is this going to mess me up or et cetera. When, um, you know, the present is really all we have and I think to bask in those special moments is really important and to just like take the pressure off of the word cleanse. I've Ali and I have both decided that it's a stupid word and it sort of puts this bubble around you. I don't know if it's like a sort of elitist in a way, like, oh, I'm cleansing, so I can't have that. Or if it's just <laughs> annoying or if it's just limiting or if it's none of those things and I just have my own pent-up aggression towards the word. But um, let's just not take things so seriously all the time. Agreed. And lastly, before we dive into our biggest challenges and takeaways from the last 30 days is that I don't think 30 days is enough to discover any root cause that is causing you pain or discomfort in your life. I think it's a perpetual journey of learning and discovering what works for you. And like we say here all the time, the only constant is change. So thinking you figured something out to only learn that now it's changed and you have to figure out one more time is really the reality of life. And so the biggest lesson for me is that 30 days doesn't solve anything Mm -hmm. and I should know better. 30 days doesn't get you in shape. 30 days doesn't create a blossoming, blooming podcast community. It doesn't create an epic YouTube channel community. It takes so much. My favorite tagline consistent effort, discipline, patience, all those words. And it's something that if Carly and I are, you know, really committed to figuring out the acne situation that it's not 30 days, it's like 120 days plus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you're totally right. And I'm glad you brought that up as a reminder to us and as a reminder to everybody listening, because it is a journey and everything we're doing is going to take time and we have to release this quick fix mentality. And we also have to forgive ourselves for not figuring things out so quickly. So thanks for bringing that up, Allie. But 
Um, so you know what we did? You guys know we did a 30-day cleanse, even though I hate that word, and um, more of a lifestyle change. Let's call it that. Not a quick fix. We're not trying to crash diet. And um, you know what we did. So let's move, let's move along in this conversation. How was it? Was it hard? How did we feel? How did we grow? Did we change? Did anything happen? I don't know. I'm going to kick this off. So there were obviously some challenges. I already talked about alcohol and drinking alcohol and how I did partake in drinking alcohol. However, there were also moments where I did not partake. There was um, a couple of times where I went out and there everybody else around me was drinking and I chose to not drink. And in those moments, I realized, first of all, that I felt great. I was actually super happy to not be drinking, looking at everybody around me drinking. And I was like, I had no interest in um, indulging with them. On my way home, when I was sober, thinking about all the things I had to do the next day and how great I was going to feel, that felt really awesome. And I had this moment of realization that, hey, Carly self, it's okay to say no every once in a while and not partake. And I know that this is probably not a novel idea to a lot of people listening, but for me, it was a total light bulb moment. I can't tell you guys how many times in my life I've gone out and socially drank alcohol because everybody around me was doing it. I've done it hundreds of times and I'll have one or two or maybe even more because that's sort of the nature of the culture of wherever I am at that moment. And then I wake up feeling crappy and like I'm not a heavy drinker and I'm not a great drinker. Like I always kind of feel shitty. And um, But I had this moment of you can do this whenever you want. You don't have to be cleansing, there's that word again, to say no, to have the backbone to say no. You can know your body enough and honor your body enough to just say no sometimes. And so for me, it was really eye-opening. And not only did I realize that I had the power to say no, but I realized that I could still have fun not drinking and that I really would like to do this more often. And it's something that I'm going to um, sincerely carry with me moving forward. Really great advice. And I couldn't agree more. And on that topic, it comes in perfect timing with our recent episode with our friend Gina about breaking addictions and living clean and having to adjust her lifestyle around people always drinking and now having a new lifestyle. So for those of you that might be interested in you know, taking on this new journey of not drinking and breaking addictions, that's a really great episode to tune into. We'll link to it in the show notes. But for me, the biggest challenges were I visited my parents for about five days during this time. And I learned in those moments and here at home with my husband that the most important thing to do when you're on this specific path and you're eliminating certain things from your diet or you're adjusting your lifestyle is to ask more questions, request changes, and be more aware of things that didn't matter before. So for example, I went out to eat with my parents and ordered my favorite extra dirty martini with blue cheese stuffed olives. And the martini gets 
delivered and I realized, oh shit, blue cheese is dairy and that's in my olives. So there goes those, um, which was painful to hand them over to my dad <laughs> and order regular olives, um, first world problems. And then also while we were out to eat, the menu there was really not friendly for what I was trying to consume. So I asked a lot of questions. I got up after making my first order um, and changed my order. And then luckily the girl worked with me and the chef to change the whole basically menu item to help me eat what I wanted to eat. So I think just knowing that you've got to ask more questions. Also in that same week, I ordered egg whites from Starbucks, not knowing that there's dairy in those as a binder. It's not on the menu. Of course you can find it on their website, but these are things that, you know, you might think are obvious, but then when you really start thinking about all the different ways that people sneak, not people, but you know, food industry sneak dairy and gluten into different items, you've got to be way more aware and be willing to be the awkward person to ask a lot of questions and then request changes to be made on your behalf. And lastly, I mean, so much happened in five days at my parents. Um, my mom. That's because had, five days at your parents is like a vortex. It's like 25 days. <laughs> that's how it felt. Um, sorry for interrupting. My mom had you. a big happy hour party at her house and made, you know, stuffed mushrooms, which are a family favorite. It's got dairy in it and butter and gluten and, um, a whole spread of cheeses and meats and crackers that are not gluten free. And my mom made me one little corner of the table with roasted chickpeas and hummus and carrots and veggie chips and even made me a label that said gluten-free so that I felt included in the party, which was really nice of her, but I had to ask for it. You know, my parents don't live that type of dietary lifestyle. So I think that's the biggest challenge and takeaway is knowing that you've just got to ask more questions and become more aware and more motivated to say, this is what I want and this is what I need, or just, you know, don't eat, which that works too. <laughs> no, you're totally right. And I think that um, it that's really a metaphor that lends itself to to life, right? If we have something that we are striving for, something that we're passionate about, we have to be willing to stand up, to speak up on its behalf and, um, to to advocate for ourselves because nobody's going to advocate for us only we can do that and um we have to to fight for what we feel is right for us and so i think ali you standing up and asking those questions and really you know probing people to um honor where you're at is an example of living your truth in its own way and so you know, we both, we had a lot of challenges. You know, I had another moment where I was out with my fiance and his mother and we um, bought his suit for the wedding and we wanted to go out and celebrate and like have a cocktail and get lunch. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, I just knew like there's nowhere here that I can eat and then I don't want to drink and then I don't want to be tempted to drink. And and I had to, um, you know, say, listen, I can't go anywhere or do anything right now. Um, sorry, like maybe next week. And that is, that was challenging too. Like there's moments that you want to celebrate and you just want to say, fuck it and partake and you can't. And so that's kind of where the challenges become, um, a, 
really, really, really intense. And there gets a point in this, and we started the episode with this, with this idea of not letting things go too far, um, where you have to just evaluate what is right for you in the moment. So we both went through these hard times. Um, but we also had some really strong positive takeaways. Like I talked about earlier, um, I had a sort of an eye-opening experience around alcohol. But I also had, and I know, Allie, I think I speak for both of us when I say we both had a moment, more many moments of feeling very self-empowered. You know, yes, we're still struggling with our acne breakouts. Yes, things aren't perfect in 30 days. Like Ali said, we're not going to solve all of our problems in a month. However, there is something very empowering about waking up every morning and looking at yourself and saying, you know what? I am doing everything that I can to be the healthiest version of myself. Even if things aren't perfect, even if my body isn't reacting 100% the way that I would like it to, I'm doing my best. I'm giving it my all. I'm giving it 100%. I have taken control. If it doesn't work, at least I know that I've given it my all. And I have to say that not only is it empowering, but it's very self-satisfying. And it reminds you of how strong you are um, for future challenges you may face. Absolutely. And that was a really big lesson I learned within these 28 days because like a silly head, I scheduled a facial mid-month. And I know that sounds like a great idea, but for those of us who have severe breakouts, it makes you break out a hundred times worse. And midway through the month, I get this facial and I spend another slew of money. And then I am viciously breaking out for two weeks. My skin is sort of calming down, but sort of not. And knowing that you're making all of these new lifestyle changes and going through these challenges of constantly asking questions and feeling a little bit left out, and then also still staring at your face and feeling just really like debilitating, insecure feelings. You know, there's no, I would never wish on anyone to have to look in the mirror and feel insecure about their face, which my mom calls the window to our soul. It's not a good feeling. So to have to go through all of that while we were cleansing was a huge internal strength moment for me because I had to look past the external and recognize my internal, which is something we want to encourage everyone listening to do. There's so much more behind the curtain and we all know that, but at certain times it's really hard to see that. So I think that facial and the two-week result of that facial and all of those debilitating, insecure feelings were another lesson of internal strength and then staying committed to what Carly and I intended to do. So um, yeah, that was a big moment for me and one that I hope whoever's listening, you guys can relate it to your own personal lives and whatever insecurities and challenges you're dealing with on a daily basis, knowing that there is this well of resilience and it's a muscle that we build and it's something that we have to practice each day, even if we feel like shit and we don't want to, you know, you have to keep flexing it because it's what helps us get through any of the harder times, no, no matter how mild or extreme they are, right? So that was a big moment for me. 
I'm so happy that you were so honest and vulnerable about that because first of all, I was just like nodding over here like, yes, yes, yes. But I think that it's it translates to everything. You know, you guys might see pictures of us on Instagram, online and and think certain things about our lives. And we're trying to be as blunt and honest as we possibly can with all of you and with this show. And the reality is, is that Ali and I, just like every single one of you have, have insecurities and we have dark moments and we have moments of pain and sadness where we don't feel 100% confident in ourselves. And those are really hard moments. And, and um, that's just being incredibly raw and real and um, just like Ali said, it's loving yourself through the pain that makes you stronger in the end. And I truly believe, Ali, that both of us are sent here for a greater purpose. And we are sent here to share our stories and to hopefully have other women um, be able to relate to them to feel less alone. And and one beautiful thing about experiencing any sort of pain or trauma or insecurity is that we now, all of us collectively have an understanding of what it's like to be in that place. And when you can truly understand that, you can then connect with other people on a real level and on a true level. And, you know, Ali, I'm just happy that me and you aren't these surface plastic girls with that can't understand where other people are coming from with their insecurities and their issues because, because we do. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just about knowing that none of us are ever alone. We really aren't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carl, I couldn't agree more. And you know, both of our moms have told us that we deal with acne to humble us, to help us to relate to others, to breed inclusivity versus exclusivity. So, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And also knowing that it's okay to be, I think the word is a little shameless, knowing that, yeah, Carly and I ask our photographer in our photo shoots to Photoshop our pimples. And it's okay to be a little shallow in some moments and feed into the external and feeling good, right? Like putting your best foot forward. Um, but it's not okay if it's debilitating and holding you back from actually pursuing your purpose. Um, so I think that's a really good message is like what Carly is saying, like you see us on social media or in photos and this is for anyone you see on social media. No, there is so many filters and edits that can go on behind the scenes to portray a certain image. Someone who I love following and Carly does too on Instagram is Jenna Kutcher. She is this radiant soul young woman who is an incredible entrepreneur and she's super vulnerable about everything that happens in her life from miscarriages to owning her body image to being a business owner. And I think that type of sharing is so crucial in this world of you know, plastic plastered images that produce thoughts and feelings of I'm not good enough or I'll never attain that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's really important to know like it's okay to have this moment of shallowness and want to put your best foot forward and edit yourself a bit here and there, but it's not okay if it's stopping you from moving forward. Amen. 
So glad we took it there. So yeah, that's kind of what we went through, you guys, what we went through, not only with the 28 days, but what we go through on a regular basis and how Allie and I are working to build our resilience muscles and to get stronger and to love ourselves deeper. So what's next? You know, we we went through all of these feelings and emotions and um, the process of this cleanse, there's the word. Um, and I think we just need to touch one more time on this idea of being healthy versus obsessing over the outcome. Um, this is really important because this is a podcast for women. And if there's a man listening, um, we are so glad that you're here. However, I believe that and I know that women strive for perfection. It's everything that we were just talking about with how we portray ourselves on the internet um, to how we act in our lives, our relationships, work, et cetera. Where the, I think this is embedded in us culturally, um, passed down from generations. So we are not going to dive into why we strive to be perfect. I think it's a lot of things. But I have seen in myself and in my friendships, how this idea with wanting to be healthy can easily go from um, just wanting to better yourself and better your body to obsessing over every single bite you take, what you're putting in your body, not participating in certain activities, and sort of become this borderline disordered eating situation. So it's okay to say, I want to take control of my health. I want to know what's in my food. I want to fuel my body. I mean, amen. We deserve to know what we're eating. However, it's also okay to go out and with your girlfriends and eat a bunch of nachos in the middle of the night and order a large pizza when you watch Game of Thrones and go out for burgers and fries. And it's about being able to do that without the shame and the blame and the hate and the internal negative self-loathing that comes along with that activity. And I know that that's really hard for some people and it's easier said than done. Um, but mental health comes first and to say to yourself that you're never going to indulge in anything ever again is not only unrealistic, but you're, you're setting yourself up to fail. So I think we have to set realistic expectations for ourselves. We have to honor the fact that we are people, that we are women, that we want to have fun, that we want to eat food that tastes good, but that we also want to take care of our bodies at the same time. And so I think there has to be a balance between understanding that our health is important and also understanding that we're going to mess up and we're going to fall off. And it's not even a fall off. It's just living life and allowing ourselves to be present and to really engage in our surroundings and to not feel guilty for those behaviors. Amen. Hallelujah. 100%. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, that's the message. No shame, no blame, no hate. Find that balance in between um, to love yourself enough through the darkness, like Carly just said. So moving forward, what do we plan to do? I mean, we still are dealing with acne and it really hasn't subsided for myself personally in any 
glamorous aha way. So for me personally, I plan to keep drinking alcohol. I mean, I only drink it once a week, so it's not something that I think impedes my health. Um, I do plan to drink coffee a few times a week. However, I really enjoyed drinking tea more. I definitely drink caffeinated tea, but it's it's a different jolt of energy than coffee. Coffee can be really intense on my body, and I think it's a little bit too much for me personally, but I absolutely love it. So I plan to do that a few times a week instead of daily. And then definitely the no dairy and the no gluten, even if it doesn't help my face. I have to say that the last 28 days, I have felt not bloated. Um, like there wasn't any moments of bloat or feeling fatigued by what I ate. It was a lot of energy and health, I would say, through what I decided to consume. So I think the no dairy and the no gluten, of course, with living in the present moment and knowing that, yeah, you might want to order a large pizza once a month um, is where I plan to take my healthy habits and hope that it translates over into healing whatever is causing my acne. Yeah, girl. Um, For me personally, as far as my journey and my skin is concerned, I will say that I do think my breakouts were less intense. However, I'm still obviously battling the acne battle right there with you on the front lines. But I think that I do feel a bit of a difference with the food that I'm eating. Um, but as far as my body is concerned, I mean, just ditto to everything Ali said. I, I have felt really, really, really good, really energetic, really strong. I've been sleeping great. And I think that sticking with the no dairy, no gluten, no sugar, um, you know, as and of course, making exceptions for the times that it does come has really helped. I mean, um, I don't know if you noticed any difference in your sleeping alley. Did you? Well, to be honest, I was kind of sick and then I was out of town. And I think the other thing is I haven't been active enough. You know, I don't know. I think you've been working out more than me, but I've been pretty sedentary, like only working out once or twice a week this month. So I think for me, when I don't work out, there's this level of contained energy that keeps me awake. Mm-hmm. Um, like Definitely. The last few nights I have been going to bed at midnight and usually I'm like asleep by 1030. So I think I need to just simply move more in general. <laughs> yeah, you got to sweat it out. Um, yeah, I've definitely noticed that I was that I've been sleeping pretty good, which is which has been a nice thing too. And just just feeling really good in my body. So I agree with everything you said. I'm gonna um, both Ali and I don't we're not really heavy drinkers. So the alcohol thing isn't isn't really that big of a deal for us. Coffee. Um, just another ditto. Like I, I agree. It, I don't like the way I feel on it all the time, but I fucking love it. So I think For me, I'm going to try to maybe just drink it once or twice a week and then stick to my tea habit because secretly I've always wanted to be one of those women who drinks tea all the time and I think I might be on my way. So that's like a self, that's like a self win. And I know Allie. I have too. (laughs) I just think they're so fancy and so. I I know. I don't know the words. 
The tea women, they fascinate me. My mom has always been a tea woman and I used to rag on her, but I want to be a tea lady. So we're getting yeah, there. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of at the same thing. And then as far as processed foods too, I'm trying to stay away from things in packages unless I can pronounce the ingredients. Like um, I'm still going to eat crunchy foods, but I just want to know what's in it instead of all the sketchy stuff that I don't know. So I think, yeah, just moving forward, eating as clean as possible and hope, hopefully continuing down this path will help us understand what's going on with our skin. And I do believe we're going to get there, Allie, but I think we just have to practice what we preach and remember that it's not a quick fix. And, um, you know, the most important thing for both of us, girlfriend, is that we love and accept ourselves the way we are. And I know that you love yourself the way you are, and I love the self the way my the way that I am. And that's with all of our pimples and wrinkles and dimples and cysts and and everything in between. And um, that's what this message is about. We're here to be healthy, but we're here to be real. We're going to try our fucking hardest every single day to be the best versions of who we are. We're going to fail. We're going to feel like it isn't working. And then sometimes we're going to feel like it is working. And around and around we go. But nothing is more satisfying than trying your best. And I can't encourage you guys enough to at least give yourselves a chance to try. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And that was, I think, the best way to end this conversation that we will just continue to try. So that message vibrates out to so many people and every different facet of their life. So for those of you listening who are dealing with a chronic challenge, who are trying day by day to figure something out or strive towards something greater, know that we are in it with you. We are doing the daily grind and we are staying present trying to live our truth and dare to change. And on that note, if you feel called to dive deeper into this podcast episode and journal about it, we have our weekly journal prompts. They go out every Wednesday with your podcast reminder that a new conscious conversation is live. If you're not on that bandwagon, come sign up at truthanddaremovement.com where you can also find all of the show notes, tools, resources, and blog posts to learn more about these episodes and our mission of living our truth and daring to change. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for inviting us into your lives. And we will catch you next week for another episode. Bye. Bye.